Rosen is the Ren and Stimpy. Of- <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Keith Paul Jason, and I just want to say thank you for checking out another installment of the Fatherhood Rocks podcast. Now, as you may have noticed, I've taken a few weeks off from putting out new installments of the podcast. There has been just an awful lot of things going on in my life. It's all been good, but it's been very hard to set aside time to sit down and record. So I do want to apologize to everybody who's been waiting for more installments to be put out. Um, I've got a lot of content that I have been able to uh, capture over these last few weeks. I just have not been able to sit down and edit and record. And so I'm starting to get that out now, which brings me to today's installment, which I had the opportunity to go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a few weeks ago now for the Fellowship Open, uh, which is a great event in the city of Milwaukee. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to sit down and interview a few people. What you're going to hear today uh, is a a voice that you probably, uh, if you don't recognize right away, you will certainly recognize as the inspiration for Will Smith's character in the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, His name is Chris Gardner, and his life was actually uh, the story that was shown in The Pursuit of Happiness. So let's go ahead and get into that conversation. I've I've raised two children uh, as a single parent. And as a single parent, joy is really not a whole big part of that equation. You're wearing two hats, mom and dad. And I've often joked with friends of mine and said, you know what, I'm gonna get married and have some more children just so I once in my life can say to a kid, go ask your mama. I've never been able to do that, you know, as a single parent. I mean, everybody, the truth of the matter is 38% of all the households in America are headed up by single parents. Okay. Right? Some people might say that number sounds high, but if you start with the fact that 50% of all marriages will end in divorce, you can back into that 38% real easy. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you are... Enjoying the grandfather stage oh, of life right man. now. Let me tell you something. This is my one grandchild. I'm told it's going to be my only grandchild. Okay. Which is fine because she's a girl and she does not like to share. And she just turned nine. And I always ask her every year, well, how is this age different from that age? And she told me, man, she says, Papa, eight was great but nine is fine. <laughs> That's my baby. And you know what, the, the joy, taking it a step further, um, the greatest gift that I ever got in my life from my mom was permission to dream. And I gave that permission to my children as well, my son and my daughter. But more importantly, now I'm in a position to give it to another generation my granddaughter and I mean this little girl she thinks her papa papa bear she thinks papa bear Superman mm-hmm. all right papa bear can do anything uh, I'll never forget this it seems like too long ago but I guess only about 15 months ago she and her classmates in the second grade made a mock-up of the Oval Office at the White House and they make this great big desk out of cardboard boxes and they sit behind the desk taking pictures saying, I'm the President of the United States. 
I mean, that's cool. That's what you do in the second grade. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, that's cool, right? And one day I get this phone call. Um, uh, Papa, you know the president, right? Yeah. Well, I want you to call him up. I'm like, for what? I want you to call him and tell him I'm coming to the White House and I want to take a picture sitting at the big desk. <laughs> right, let me, let me see if I got this right. You want me to call the President of the United States and tell him my seven-year-old granddaughter wants to come take a picture sitting at his desk. But tell him I'm seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's gonna seal the deal there, right? Absolutely. So, you know, the cool thing about being uh, in your 60s is you're old enough to know better, but you're young enough to say, why not? So, so you, I make so you the call. call. Okay. I get the call back. Come on down. Awesome. And to take this little girl who, at this point in time, seven and a half years old, the only president of the United States that she had ever, ever known. known. Yep. And she sat behind his desk, and he was gracious enough to, to take pictures with her. And people will ask me afterwards, do you think she knew the uh, the significance and the how big that was, yeah, she knew. And she says to me, Papa, I just want to make sure I understand. When Mr. Obama leaves office, they're going to take all his furniture and put it in the library, right? So, yeah. She says, that means nobody's ever sat in that chair but me and the President of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> and she's seven and a half. So she coming, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a long way to say, way, way to say, uh, the joy thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a job here. I got a big job now, and that is again giving this little girl permission to dream, and seeing that that is just magnified, not tarnished. Man, I'm just in awe listening to the story, and. That's one thing that I am trying to give my sons mm. and trying to encourage them every way that I possibly can. Permission uh, to dream. Absolutely. You know, what, whatever it is that they might be interested mm -hmm. in, I try to make sure that I'm their biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And I try to make sure that I do whatever I can to support. And you got to do that. That's what fathers do. Absolutely. Okay? And it's every day. It's not, okay, on the weekend I'm going to go with you to the game. On the weekend, I'm going to go with you. No, man, it's every single day. And one of the things that uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of advice to give uh, any father because uh, the truth of the matter is if both of my children were right here right now, they would tell you I was the worst father in the world. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's okay because my granddaughter would tell you he's the best grandpa in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. That's how I'm rolling with that, all right? Yeah. But um, this thing about um, the challenges, and even today, man, it's so dark. Mm -hmm. yes, it's it is. so dark, okay? So you have to be a part of that light, you know. Um, your children now are eight and six? Seven, eight, eight and seven. Eight so we went seven. back to back. Okay. You got to be part of the light that they see every day. You got to be a candle in the cave. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing that you can do for that child every day is be a candle in the cave. And don't have no more kids. Two is enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. I tell my wife <laughs> all, hey, hey, all hey, the time, hey, if it's look, up to me, there look, will not be three. Look here and don't go for the we need a girl thing. No, we don't. 
Every time yeah. the conversation comes up, that's my yeah. exact response. Tell her, we no, no, no. You get something called a daughter-in-law. You just got to wait 20 years. <laughs> I'll have to tell my wife. Bro, will you tell her that? Be no, no, no. Uh. I will let her know. Chris Gardner said no, you get a daughter Two and through. That's it. Yep, two and through. Okay. Good advice. Really good advice. You're talking about being the light and being there. Hmm. I, I can't call the president like you were able to call the president. Well, you don't want to call um, this one either. Well, yeah, you're All absolutely right. 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 And if Which, we call you, you better always. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Hit that send a voicemail <laughs> button. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me if I got a, a phone call from him, there'd be some other people coming too. And now, them people come first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but mm. in all seriousness, though, mm. you know, there's there's a lot going on in the world, obviously, and you know, you talked about it being a dark place. Mm. Um, any any advice that you might have for talking about the realities that are going on in the world when you're raising seven, eight year old, nine, ten? Well, year first old kids? of all, man, look, okay, you talk about the realities, okay, you got to do that. But the other side of it is, honestly, you can never, ever be too involved with your child's life. I mean, you got to know what they're thinking, all right? Now, again, maybe your situation is different, okay? Me, as a single parent, you, your wife, in a traditional household, and when the children go a little bit older, you're going to have different challenges, (laughs) right? And in a traditional household, uh, the mom and the dad, uh, you can be good cop, bad cop. That can be an effective way of dealing with discipline. As a single parent, man, you got to be Dirty Harry and Sheriff Andy of <laughs> Mayberry at the same time. <laughs> in the same conversation, you got to look at a kid and ask him, do you feel lucky today? <laughs> Man, and dealing with teenagers, oh my God, look, that's what I'm telling you right now. You enjoy every moment of this time, seven and eight. You take a whole lot of pictures, cause the day they turn 13, you go look at them and wonder, where did my little boy go? Wow. Right? Yeah. And one day, he could be looking at you like, I think I could take him. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust me. I don't know if you remember the movie Taurus Bulba or if you've mm. ever seen that before, mm. but it was my, one of my father's favorite movies. And there's a scene in the movie where uh, you you not you have not become a man until you can throw your father in the well. Whoa! And so that was always the joke between my father and I, mm. with him saying, you know, you you still can't throw me in the well. Mm. Um, and then I turned about maybe 13 or 14 mm. and became about an inch or so taller than him. Mm. And he couldn't put shots up over me playing basketball anymore. Ah. And uh, I thought I was big enough to throw him in the well and learn pretty quickly mm. uh, that I might be a little bigger, but he's smarter and stronger. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm not looking forward to uh, to those challenges, but at the same time, uh, I'm hoping to handle them well, you know. Well, I'm sure you will, and the, the beauty of it is you've had the experience of your dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't tell you, and I see that's something that you had that I never had. My mother was my father. Okay. And my uncles were my fathers. Mm-hmm. And, but I never had the experience that you had. So you can draw on all of that, and I think that's going to create a richer, deeper, loving relationship with your children so one day, 20 years from now, when they present you with your first grandchild, and then one day they're gonna tell that little boy, that little girl stories 
about you mm-hmm. and throwing you in the well. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I get to help them write some good stories well, hey to share. Man, you know what? Look, take the time, enjoy. Because I want to say this to you: is I, I, if I can't say this enough, the time goes too fast mm-hmm. before you know it. I mean, you, you look back. Wasn't uh, long ago he was wearing little pajamas. Wasn't long ago they had to have a, a Superman cape. Wasn't long ago that things were a challenge. You, know, you had to teach him how to tie the shoes. And before you know it, man, the eight, the twelve, the thirteen, and then they go to college. Yeah, it happens too fast. So enjoy this time. Yeah. Great words of wisdom there from Chris Gardner. And after our conversation, I had the opportunity to meet another father in Milwaukee whose story was strikingly similar to that of Chris's. And we'll go ahead and get into that right now. And across the table from me, I have Jason Booth, who I just met this evening. And I told him it's interesting because I grew up with a young man named Jason Booth. And my brother-in-law's name is Jason Booth. So he's the third Jason Booth in my life now. He's got an amazing story about uh, raising his son, who I just had the opportunity to watch as he was recognized in front of about 150 folks here at the Fellowship Open, a bunch of celebrities in the audience. Uh, Of course, Chris Gardner, who was, uh, you heard from earlier on the podcast, uh, was here, and Leroy Butler, um, and uh, just some other folks here in the audience. So it's it's great to see uh, his son being acknowledged for all of his hard work and his efforts and the growth and the strides that he's making. And so I'm going to ask Jason if he can share us just a little bit about the story on how he got to this point and how his son got to this point. Uh, just man, to go back a little bit, like I said um, to you when we spoke earlier, um, as always, an involved father from the day he was born. Um, just unfortunately became a single father due to one of the, uh, his mom just decided to move away, which was for some better opportunities for herself. Um, scary moment. I had never uh, been in that type of situation to face that before. Um, and I look back on it, and now we here. It's a it's a tremendous journey we've been on. Tremendous journey. Yeah. So what was that like when when she left? Uh man. I, to be honest with you, for the first few days. It, it kind of seemed like you were stuck in a fog because it mm-hmm. didn't seem real. Um, I was used to um, him. Jason, is, we've always been a part of um, each other's life. I've always been in his life. So it was never uh, odd for him to spend the night by my house or, you know, or us to him to come through for a week or whatever the case may be. That was never odd. But now it was every day, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was – something I wasn't used to as a kid. My father was a single parent, so I had a, a great inspiration right there to draw on, but it's nothing like when it's happening to you to, to really uh, feel the, the gravity of the moment that, that you are the sole person that this, this life is depending on at that time. And at 10 years old, he hadn't, he was just getting started. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was a mind boggling moment. Yeah. So what were some of the the transitions that you had to go through in order to adjust to becoming? Um, Well, as fate would have it, right about that time, I was actually um, had just lost a job. So I was becoming a full time father with a part time job. Um, Housing market was going bad at the time, kind of coincided. I was 
honestly about to lose my house, lose my job, and now I have uh, another life to somehow try to figure out what I could do. And I just knew I couldn't afford to fail at this one. You know, this yeah. wasn't a job interview. This was real life, and I couldn't afford to fail. Um, when Jason got there, I remember, you know, an air mattress that we had that I was the only place I had for him to sleep, and it had holes. So we would tape it up, put the air in it, and it was still, as the air would go out over the night, he would still have something to lay on to wake up in the morning. So we we um, we faced some really hard situations and, and moments together. And it's, like I said, to look at it now and to see him um, excelling like he is, it's just a tremendous, a tremendous feeling. Now, talk to me a little bit about what it was that he's recognized for tonight. So he's a part of a program yes, here sir. in Milwaukee. Yes, sir. Let he, me know a little bit more about that. Uh, the Milwaukee Fellows, it's a, a program that's aimed at keeping the African-American young men, keeping our talent here in the city. They uh, work internships with several different companies around the Milwaukee area. And uh, this year, Jason was uh, recognized uh, for his achievement in, in working at that um particular internship this year and the, the um job he did there they they really uh recognized him he did a, he did a great job and tonight uh the milwaukee fellows wanted to acknowledge jason and a few of the other young men on their achievement okay so and how old is he now jason is 20 20 okay so is he in school is he working yes, full-time uh or? he's actually uh works the internship over the summers but he, uh, he's transferring to UW Parkside. He'll be a sophomore at UW Parkside in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, how does that feel going from, uh, you know, everything that you've been through to now having a son who is going to be a sophomore at UW Parkside? Um, it's We're going into a, another one of those <clears throat> moments that you really can't put into words because I'm a graduate of UW Parkside. Okay. So to see my son carry the same name and – uh, get a chance to walk. It's it's a much bigger uh, facility now, a lot a lot nicer than when I went when I went there. But to know that he's walking those same halls mm -hmm. that I did, and it, it's just man for a father, this is it's the it's the best I've I've ever experienced, man. So he's a legacy now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. So going back to uh, just the story with with you know you raising him on your own. Um, you mentioned that there was some times when uh, I think he went back to live with mom for a little while. Yeah, he, he tried after the first couple of years. He, you know, okay. as a kid, 11, 12 years old, he's missing his mom, which is understandable. Um, wasn't easy to let him go, but at, at that point I understood. Like I said, I grew up in a single-parent home, and to ever try to keep a child away from either parent I think is a mistake. So I had to suck it up as hard as it was for me to let him go. I, I just faith that one day he would come back home, or either that or I was moving to Atlanta. <laughs> so <laughs> we had two choices, and, and um, God just worked it out for me, man. Brought him, brought him back. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So uh, you know, there's you don't see a lot of folks talking about being a single father. Um, but the reality is there's more um, than, than there are who are it, sharing their story and talking about it. 
Um, so what what advice or what encouragement can you offer to other guys who are in the same position? Um, first, first and foremost, know that that's the most important job you'll ever have in your life as a father. That's the most important job a man will ever have. Uh, the biggest responsibility, but the greatest reward uh, that you'll ever have in your life. Um, I drew a lot of inspiration, like I said, from my dad. is my number one role model. He went through it. Uh, but I remember um, a lot of nights I watched a lot of uh, Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> was my was my get-through film. Yeah. Just to see the, the story of, of somebody doing it. And gave it a different perspective than dad because you kind of lived that as a kid. But now to kind of be able to look at some of the things and remember some of the experiences you had through a movie was big for me. And uh, the number one thing I can say is prayer, man. Mm -hmm. That I don't know how I made it through. Only thing I know is that God was there. That's that, that much I do know. But so to all, all the credit really is is to God. And so, I mean, I. I, I'm extremely thankful for my relationship with God and just because I know as a father, um, there are times when you just don't know what to do. Exactly. You don't have the words. You don't have the strength sometimes. You don't have the patience. Patience is, ooh, that's my <laughs> challenge. Um, but, the, you know, you might not have the words, the strength, the patience, um, but, you know, he, he provides. Yes, he does. And, and I'm very thankful for that. Yes, um, really quickly, what was it? like actually meeting Chris Gardner tonight? Oh, man, this was uh, one of the, the the best moments in my life, man, to be honest with you. Um, to know that somebody, like I said, I watch for that inspiration. I, I, I don't, not that I don't respect um, celebrity or, or position or anything like that, but I'm I'm pretty a low-key guy. So for me to get choked up meeting somebody, he he touched me in a in a way that um, this is not like meeting uh, you know one of your favorite uh, baseball players or basketball mm -hmm. players. You know that that's great too. Don't get me wrong, but this was such a um, he helped me get through so much without ever even knowing me mm -hmm. that that to be able to shake his hand and actually meet him. I, I can't even put it in words, man. This is one of the the best nights um, I can I can I can remember. Next to having Jason, this is yeah. this is right up there. Right yeah. up there. Well, and I mean, obviously, you're doing a great job as a parent. Thank I mean, you. your your son was recognized in front of a couple hundred people tonight, and yes. you know, for not just you know for showing up, but for showing up and doing the work and doing the work yes. well. And so it's it's obvious that your fingerprints are all over his life and that you it, the hard work is paying off. Thank you. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to, I believe I have the opportunity to speak to him and some of the other fellows tomorrow morning. That sounds um, good. At the, the actual golf portion of the day. So I'm looking forward to that. And I uh, just want to wish the both of you tremendous success moving forward. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. All right. Thank you. And thank you. So two great conversations with dads who are getting it done. A huge thank you to both Chris Gardner and Jason Booth for taking time to sit down and talk with me about their experiences with being a single father. 
If you'd like more information on Chris Gardner, you can check out his website, which is Chris Gardner Media, or you can follow him on Twitter at CEO of Happiness. And make sure you spell happiness with a Y instead of an I. Also, if you'd like more information about the Fellowship Open or the Milwaukee Fellows Program, you can learn more about both at mkefellows.com. And finally, I've got to send a huge thank you to a great friend of the podcast and John Daniels, who played an instrumental role in setting up my trip to Milwaukee and connecting me with both Chris and Jason. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. As always, if you have a story that you'd like to share about fatherhood, you can email me at keithpauljason at gmail.com. That's K-E-I-T-H-P-A-U-L-J-A-S-O-N at gmail.com. And we'll see if we can make that happen. And if you like what you heard today, you know, like I always say, go and tell two million of your closest friends about the podcast so they can check it out too. Because fatherhood rocks.